0: Section Five of the History of Emily Montague, Volume Two by Francis Moore Brook. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Section Five, Letters Ninety Five to One Hundred and Four. Cast List: Arabella
1: Fairmore, read by Grace Buchanan.
2: John Temple, read by alan mapstone
3: lucy rivers read by Leanne yow
4: edward rivers read by jim
5: locke william firmore read by kevin s
0: narrated by sonia letter ninety five
1: to miss rivers clarges street sillery march twenty i have been telling fitzgerald i am jealous of his prodigious attention to emily "'whose is beo he has been the last ten days.' "'The simpleton took me seriously "'and began to vindicate himself "'by explaining the nature of his regard for her, "'pleading her late indisposition as an excuse "'for showing her some extraordinary civilities. "'I let him harangue ten minutes, "'then stops me, him short, "'puts on my poetical face.' and repeats when sweet emily complains i have sense of all her pains but for little bella i do not only grieve but die he smiled kissed my hand praised my amazing penetration and was going to take this opportunity of saying a thousand civil things when my divine rivers appeared on the side of the hill i flew to meet him and left my love to finish the conversation alone twelve o'clock i am the happiest of all possible women fitzgerald is in the sullens about your brother surely there is no pleasure in nature equal to that of plaguing a fellow who really loves one especially if he has as much merit as fitzgerald for otherwise he would not be worth tormenting he had better not pout with me i believe i know who will be tired first eight in the evening i have passed a most delicious day fitzgerald took it into his wise head to endeavour to make me jealous of a little pert frenchwoman the wife of a croix-de-saint-louis who i know he despises i then thought myself at full liberty to play off all my airs which i did with ineffable success and have sent him home in a humour to hang himself your brother stays the evening so does a very handsome fellow i have been flirting with all the day fitz was engaged here too but i told him it was impossible for him not to attend madame Lebrasse to quebec he looked at me with a spite in his countenance which charmed me to the soul and handed the fair lady to his carriot. i i'll teach him to couquet lucie let him take his madame Lebrasse. indeed as her husband is at montreal i don't see how he can avoid pursuing his conquest i am delighted because i know she is his aversion emily calls me to cards adieu my dear little lucy yours A. Fairmore. letter ninety six
2: to colonel rivers at quebec pall mall january the third i have but a moment my dear ned to tell you that without so much as asking your leave and in spite of all your wise admonitions your lovely sister has this morning consented to make me the happiest of mankind to-morrow gives me all that is excellent and charming in woman you are to look on my writing this letter as the strongest proof i ever did or ever can give you of my friendship I must love you with no common affection to remember at this moment that there is such a man in being. Perhaps you owe this recollection only to your being brother to the loveliest woman nature ever formed, whose charms in a month have done more towards my conversion than seven years of your preaching would have done. I am going back to Clarge Street. Adieu. "'Yours, etc. John Temple.'
3: Letter 97 To Colonel Rivers at Quebec. Clark Street, January 3rd. "'I am afraid you knew very little of the sex, my dear brother, "'when you cautioned me so strongly against loving Mr. Temple. "'I should, perhaps, with all his merit, have never thought of him but for that caution.' There is something very interesting to female curiosity in the idea of these very formidable men, whom no woman can see without danger. We gaze on the terrible creature at a distance, see nothing in him so very alarming. He approaches. Our little hearts palpitate with fear. He is gentle, attentive, respectful. We are surprised at this respect. We are sure the world wrongs the dear civil creature. He flatters. We are pleased with his flattery. Our little hearts still palpitate, but not with fear. In short, my dear brother, if you wish to serve a friend with us, describe him as the most dangerous of his sex. The very idea that he is so makes us think resistance vain, and we throw down our defensive arms in absolute despair. I am not sure this is the reason of my discovering Mr. Temple to be the most amiable of men, but of this I am certain, that I love him, with a most lively affection, and that I am convinced, notwithstanding all you have said, that he deserves all my tenderness. Indeed, my dear prudent brother, you men fancy yourselves extremely wise and penetrating, but you don't know each other half so well as we know you. I shall make temple in a few weeks, as tame a domestic animal as you can possibly be, even with your Emily. I hope you won't be very angry with me for accepting an agreeable fellow, and a coach and six. If you are, I can only say that finding the dear man steal every day upon my heart and recollecting how very dangerous a creature he was. I held it both safest and best to marry, for fear you should chide. Adieu. Your affectionate, etc. Lucy Rivers. Please to observe, Mamma was on Mr. Temple's side, and that I only take him from obedience to her commands. He has behaved like an angel to her, but I leave himself to explain how. She has promised to live with us. We are going to a party to Richmond, and only wait for Mr. Temple. With all my pertness, I trembled at the idea that tomorrow will determine the happiness or misery of my life. Adieu, my dearest brother. Letter 98
4: To John Temple, Esquire, Paul Mall quebec march twenty first were i convinced of your conversion my dear jack i should be the happiest man breathing in the thought of your marrying my sister but i tremble lest this resolution should be the effect of passion merely and not of that settled esteem and tender confidence without which mutual repentance will be the necessary consequence of your connection lucy is one of the most beautiful women i ever knew but she has merits of a much superior kind her understanding and her heart are equally lovely she has also a sensibility which exceedingly alarms me for her as i know it is next to impossible that even her charms can fix a heart so long accustomed to change do i not guess Too truly my dear temple when i suppose the charming mistress is the only object you have in view and that the tender amiable friend the pleasing companion the faithful confidante is forgot i will not however anticipate evils if any merit has power to fix you lucy's cannot fail of doing it i expect with impatience A further account of an event in which my happiness is so extremely interested if she is yours may you know her value and you cannot fail of being happy i only fear from your long habit of improper attachments naturally i know not a heart filled with nobler sentiments than yours nor is there on earth a man for whom i have equal esteem adieu your affectionate ed rivers
0: letter ninety
4: nine to john temple esq paul mall quebec march twenty third i have received your second letter my dear temple with the account of your marriage nothing could make me so happy as an event which unites a sister i idolize to the friend on earth most dear to me did i not tremble for your future happiness from my perfect knowledge of both i know the sensibility of lucy's temper and that she loves you i know also the difficulty of weaning the heart from such a habit of inconstancy as you have unhappily acquired virtues like lucy's will for ever command your esteem and friendship but in marriage it is equally necessary to keep love alive her beauty her gaiety her delicacy will do much but it is also necessary my dearest temple that you keep a guard on your heart accustomed to liberty to give way to every light impression i need not tell you who have experienced the truth of what i say that happiness is not to be found in a life of intrigue there is no real pleasure in the possession of beauty without the heart with it the fears the anxieties a man not absolutely destitute of humanity must feel for the honour of her who ventures more than life for him must extremely counterbalance his transports of all the situations this world affords a marriage of choice gives the fairest prospect of happiness without love life would be a tasteless void an unconnected human being is the most wretched of all creatures by love i would be understood to mean that tender lively friendship that mixed sensation which the libertine never felt and with which i flatter myself my amiable sister cannot fail of inspiring a heart naturally virtuous however at present warped by a foolish compliance with the world i hope my dear temple to see you recover your taste for those pleasures peculiarly fitted to our natures to see you enjoy the pure delights of peaceful domestic life the calm social evening hour the circle of friends the prattling offspring and the tender impassioned smile of real love your generosity is no more than i expected from your character and to convince you of my perfect esteem i so far accepted as to draw out the money i have in the funds which i intended for my sister it will make my settlement here turn to greater advantage and i allow you the pleasure of convincing lucy of the perfect disinterestedness of your affection it would be a trifle to you and will make me happy but i am more delicate in regard to my mother and will never consent to resume the estate i have settled on her i esteem you above all mankind but will not let her be dependent even on you i consent she visit you as often as she pleases but insist on her continuing her house in town and living in every respect as she has been accustomed as to lucy's own little fortune as it is not worth your receiving suppose she lays it out in jewels i love to see beauty adorned and two thousand pounds added to what you have given her will set her on a footing in this respect with a nabobess. your marriage my dear temple removes the strongest objection to mine the money i have in the funds which whilst lucy was unmarried i never would have taken enables me to fix to great advantage here i have now only to try whether emily's friendship for me is sufficiently strong to give up all hopes of a return to england i shall make an immediate trial you shall know the event in a few days if she refuses me i bid adieu to all my schemes and embark in the first ship give my kindest tenderest wishes to my mother and sister my dear temple only know the value of the treasure you possess and you must be happy adieu your affectionate ed rivers
0: letter 100
4: to
5: the earl of blank march twenty fourth my lord nothing can be more just than your lordship's observation and i am the more pleased with it as it coincides with what i had the honour of saying to you in my last in regard to the impropriety the cruelty i had almost said the injustice of your intention of deserting the world of which you are at once the ornament and the example good people as your lordship observes are generally too retired and abstracted to let their example be of much service to the world whereas the bad on the contrary are conspicuous to all they stand forth they appear on the foreground of the picture and force themselves into observation tis to that circumstance i am persuaded we may attribute that dangerous and too common mistake that vice is natural to the human heart and virtuous characters the creatures of fancy a mistake of the most fatal tendency as it tends to harden our hearts and destroy that mutual confidence so necessary to keep the bands of society from loosening without which man is the most ferocious of all beasts of prey would all those whose virtues, like your lordships, are adorned by politeness and knowledge of the world, mix more in society, we should soon see vice hide her head. Would all the good appear in full view, they would, I am convinced, be found infinitely the majority. Virtue is too lovely to be hidden cells. The world is her scene of action. She is soft, gentle, indulgent, let her appear then in her own form and she must charm let politeness be forever her attendant that politeness which can give graces even to vice itself which makes superiority easy removes the sense of inferiority and adds to everyone's enjoyment both of himself and others i'm interrupted and must postpone till tomorrow what i have further to say to your lordship i have the honor to be my lord your lordships etc w Fermore.
1: letter one hundred and one to mrs temple pall mall sillery march twenty five your brother my dear lucy has made me happy in communicating to me the account he has received of your marriage i know temple He is, besides being very handsome, a fine, sprightly, agreeable fellow, and is particularly formed to keep a woman's mind in that kind of play, that gentle agitation which will forever secure her affection. He has, in my opinion, just as much coquetry as is necessary to prevent marriage from degenerating into that sleepy kind of existence. WHICH TO MINDS OF THE AWAKENED TURN OF YOURS AND MINE WOULD BE INSUPPORTABLE. HE HAS ALSO A FINE FORTUNE, WHICH I HOLD TO BE A PRETTY ENOUGH INGREDIENT IN MARRIAGE. IN SHORT, HE IS JUST SUCH A MAN UPON THE WHOLE AS I SHOULD HAVE CHOSEN FOR MYSELF. MAKE MY CONGRATULATIONS TO THE DEAR MAN and tell him if he is not the happiest man in the world he will forfeit all his pretensions to taste and if he does not make you the happiest woman he forfeits all title to my favour as well as to the favour of the whole sex i meant to say something civil but to tell you the truth i am not on Truong. I am excessively out of humour. Fitzgerald has not been here of several days. He spends his whole time in gallanting Madame la Brosse, a woman to whom he knows I have an aversion, and who has nothing but a tolerable complexion and a modest assurance to recommend her. I certainly gave him some provocation, but this is too much.' However, tis very well, I don't think I shall break my heart, though my vanity is a little piqued. I may perhaps live to take my revenge. I am hurt, because I began really to like the creature, a secret, however, to which he is happily a stranger. I shall see him tomorrow at the Governor's, and suppose he will be in his penitentials. I HAVE SOME DOUBT WHETHER I SHALL LET HIM DANCE WITH ME. YET IT WOULD LOOK SO PARTICULAR TO REFUSE HIM THAT I BELIEVE I SHALL DO HIM THE HONOR. Adieu, YOUR AFFECTIONATE, A. FAIRMORE. 26TH THURSDAY, 11 AT NIGHT NO, LUCY, IF I FORGIVE HIM THIS, I HAVE LOST ALL THE FREE SPIRIT OF WOMAN. "'He had the insolence to dance with Madame Labrosse tonight at the Governor's. "'I never will forgive him. "'There are men perhaps quite his equals. "'But tis no matter. "'I do him too much honour to be piqued. "'Yet on the footing we were. "'I could not have believed. "'Adieu.' "'I was so certain he would have danced with me "'that I refused Colonel H., "'one of the most agreeable men in the place.' and therefore could not dance at all nothing hurt me so much as the impertinent looks of the women i could cry for vexation would your brother have behaved thus to emily but why do i name other men with your brother do you know he and emily had the good nature to refuse to dance that my sitting still might be the less taken notice of we all played at cards and rivers contrived to be of my party by which he would have won emily's heart if he had not had it before good night
0: letter
4: one hundred and two to mrs temple pall mall quebec march twenty seventh i've been twice at Salery with the intention Of declaring my passion and explaining my situation to emily but have been prevented by company which made it impossible for me to find the opportunity i wished had i found that opportunity i am not sure i should have made use of it a degree of timidity is inseparable from true tenderness and i am afraid of declaring myself a lover lest if not beloved i should lose the happiness i at present possess in visiting her as her friend i cannot give up the dear delight i find in seeing her in hearing her voice in tracing and admiring every sentiment of that lovely unaffected generous mind as it rises in short my lucy i cannot live without her esteem and friendship and though her eyes her attention to me her whole manner encourage me in the hope of being beloved yet the possibility of my being mistaken makes me dread an explanation by which i hazard losing the lively pleasure i find in her friendship this timidity however must be conquered tis pardonable to feel it but not to give way to it i have ordered my cariole and am determined to make my attack this very morning like a man of courage and a soldier adieu your affectionate ed rivers a letter from bell fermor to whom i wrote this morning on the subject
1: to colonel rivers at quebec sillery friday morning you are a foolish creature and know nothing of women dine at sillery and we will air after dinner tis a glorious day and if you are timid in a covered carriole, i give you up adieu yours a fermor letter one hundred and three
4: to mrs temple pall mall quebec march twenty seventh eleven at night she is an angel my dear lucy and no words can do her justice i'm the happiest of mankind i painted my passion with all the moving eloquence of undissembled love she heard me with the most flattering attention she said little but her looks her air her tone of voice her blushes her very silence how could i ever doubt her tenderness have not those lovely eyes a thousand times betrayed the dear secret of her heart my lucy we were formed for each other our souls are of intelligence every thought every idea from the first moment i beheld her i have a thousand things to say but the tumult of my joy she has given me leave to write to her what has she not said in that permission i cannot go to bed i will go and walk an hour on the battery tis the loveliest night i ever beheld even in canada the day is scarce brighter one in the morning i have had the sweetest walk imaginable the moon shines with a splendor i never saw before a thousand streaming meteors add to her brightness i have stood gazing on the lovely planet and delighting myself with the idea that tis the same moon that lights my emily good night my lucy i love you beyond all expression i always loved you tenderly but there is a softness about my heart to-night this lovely woman i know not what i would say but till this night i could never be said to live adieu your affectionate ed rivers Letter one
0: hundred
4: and four to mrs temple pall mall quebec twenty eighth march i had this morning a short billet from her dear hand entreating me to make up a quarrel between belfermer and her lover your friend has been indiscreet her spirit of coquetry is eternally carrying her wrong but in my opinion fitzgerald has been at least equally to blame his behaviour at the governor's on thursday night was inexcusable as it exposed her to the sneers of a whole circle of her own sex many of them jealous of her perfections a lover should overlook little caprices where the heart is good and amiable like bell's i should think myself particularly obliged to bring this affair to an amicable conclusion even if emily had not desired it as i was originally the innocent cause of their quarrel in my opinion he ought to beg her pardon and as a friend tenderly interested for both i have a right to tell him i think so he loves her and i nigh know must suffer greatly though a foolish pride prevents his acknowledging it my greatest fear is that an idle resentment may engage him in an intrigue with the lady in question who is a woman of gallantry and whom he may find very troublesome hereafter it is much easier to commence an affair of this kind than to break it off and a man though his heart was disengaged should be always on his guard against anything like an attachment where his affections are not really interested mere passion or mere vanity will support an affair en passant but where the least degree of constancy and attention are expected the heart must feel or the lover is subjecting himself to a slavery as irksome as a marriage without inclination temple will tell you i speak like an oracle for i have often seen him led by vanity into this very disagreeable situation i hope i am not too late to save fitzgerald from it six in the evening all goes well his proud heart has come down he has begged her pardon and is forgiven you have no idea how civil both are to me for having persuaded them to do what each of them has longed to do from the first moment i love to advise when i am sure the heart of the person advised is on my side both were to blame but i always love to save the ladies from anything mortifying to the dignity of their characters a little pride in love becomes them but not us and tis always our part to submit on these occasions i never saw two happier people than they are at present as i have a little preserved decorum on both sides and taken the whole trouble of the reconciliation on myself bell knows nothing of my having applied to fitzgerald nor he that i did it at emily's request my conversation with him on this subject seemed accidental i was obliged to leave them having business in town but my lovely emily thanked me by a smile which would overpay thousands such little services i am to spend to-morrow at salari how long shall i think this evening adieu my tenderest wishes attend you all your affectionate ed rivers
0: End of section 5